Welcome to Personal Branding with Lynn, a podcast for creatives launching your side hustle or second career. If you are a new creative business owner and you're struggling to find out how you can promote yourself authentically, find your ideal customers, and create a sales process that keeps customers in the pipeline, then you need a personal brand. That means if you own a business, you have a much better chance of winning people's trust if you bond with them first as a human being, and you do that by creating a personal brand. And that's the mission of this podcast. We will learn how to use a personal brand to help you launch and propel your creative business. Let's get started. Well, hello there, and welcome again to Personal Branding with Lynn. My name is Linford Morton, but my friends call me Lynn, and I count you in that number. So welcome to this episode. Now, if you have been following along, you know that we have been going through season two, which is a personal branding course from start to finish is the way I like to think about it. And last week, we talked about why you need a website. And this week, we continue our journey by by talking about your customer, getting to know your ideal customer, because once you start building that website, you're going to want to make sure you're talking to the right person on it. You're going to want to make sure that it's directed at the right person, as well as any other marketing or strategy um, you come up with. If it's not pointed at the right person, it can really be disastrous for you in terms of wasting time and wasting money. And there's nothing worse than that when you're trying to build your personal brand. So today we will talk about finding your ideal client, but it's part two because we really, well, when I went back and looked at when I introduced this topic in episode four, I realized that we did a pretty thorough job that time. So rather than go over that same terrain again, I thought we'd take it to the next step in identifying the customer and and some in getting insights from that customer so that you know exactly where to find them and then what to use to pitch them and what's important to them. So that's what we'll talk about today. This week in the United States, we celebrated both Valentine's Day and President's Day. President's Day was yesterday, which is um, was our Monday holiday. And so if you are in the United States or if you celebrated either one of those holidays, I hope you had a, a wonderful time. So now we are back to work officially and we are going to talk about finding your ideal customer part deuce. When I first went full-time with my creative business about 10 years ago, one of my biggest fears was I didn't know what I didn't know. Now, I knew some basics on, on running and marketing a business based on my time, you know, working on the corporate America side and my work with a freelancer. But when I'm going out all out now and trying to, to take what it was a side hustle and make it a second career, I was worried that I was I was missing things that I should have known, but I just didn't know. 
And man, that worried me. And I did a whole lot of research online because I kept wondering, what should I be doing now? And am I missing anything? Well, I remember what that felt like. And so what I've designed for anyone who might be going that road, traveling that road, is a personal branding checklist. And really, it lays out all the things you should be doing to get your business up and running, your personal brand up and going, so that you can take full advantage of everything you need to do to position yourself, to market yourself, and to get your your sales and your sales machine and your sales funnel in place. And so I've got them all laid out. I think there are 19 of these sort of steps and or projects, if you want to call them that, that you should take. And they're in order so that you know what should be done first. And you can now go go through it and say, well, I've done these three, but I missed that one and go back and finish it. So that's really cool. It's it's a it's a, an ebook, five pages. Um, and but it's more than more than that. It's a checklist to make sure that you aren't missing anything that you should be focused on. Now, if you want to get that, go to personalbrandingchecklist.co, personalbrandingchecklist.co, and then you'll be able to download this, this free document that gives you everything you need to know so that you can just keep check it off as you go along and know whether or not you are on 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 task or where you ought to be in terms of building your personal brand and online business. All right. Personal branding checklist.co. I met a guy at a networking event who did marketing and sales for one of the boutique hotels in the city. And he pitched me this idea once he knew that I also taught photography and I did it at a lot of the landmarks in the city doing photo tours. And he pitched me this idea that I thought was just an absolutely great idea. We were going to package some of my my offerings and give it to his his um, guests as upgrades when they were booking. And so we went through a whole lot creating all the assets to make that work, you know, photos and, and, and online assets and all kinds of things for him to use. And after all that time we spent trying to invest in it and promote it, it really never materialized into anything to speak of. It didn't work, and I was miffed at the t- at the time, like, man, I thought this would be perfect. And it was years later that it occurred to me where our big mistakes were. And it was that if I really knew who my customer was at the time, I would know that was not, or why, why even though it sounded like a good idea, it wasn't going to be the best way to reach them. As it turns out, in my customers, when they were booking that kind of thing coming into town, 
they went on their own and found the the services service provider they wanted to. So they were coming to me directly. They were coming to me directly and booking with me and not necessarily getting it through the hotel, which is interesting because by the time they got there, they had already planned their their excursions and everything they were going to do in town by the time they got there. And if I really understood that, I would know that this was not the, the, the vehicle to reach them. And so this kind of theme will play itself out over and over again, because the more traction you start to build as you start, you know, creating your personal brand and building out your business and people begin to see you and notice you. And you are, of course, looking for customers, but the other people who notice you are other salespeople and other marketing execs and other people trying to also put pitch stuff to you. And a whole bunch of them will come and pitch you what they call great ideas. But if you don't know who you're talking to, you'll waste a lot of money running down these rabbit holes because quite honestly, Half of them don't understand who your customer is. And so they're pitching you what they think from the outside looks like a great idea. But you ought to know that, no, that's not where it works. For instance, I had this one sales uh, person from, oh, I was a Yelp, one of those kind of brands called me up and say, we really, you really ought to invest $400 a month advertising through us. And I thought, and I said, for $400 a month, you don't really hit enough of my target market. And she goes, well, you're not reaching them anyway. And I said, well, why would you say that? She goes, well, I've lived here my whole life and I've never heard of you. And I thought, well, are you a photographer? She said, no. Said, then I wasn't talking to you. Of course you didn't hear me. But, and, and that's the mentality, you know, people get, they think, you know, I'll, I'll help you. I haven't heard of you, so you must need help. But if you're not in my target market, you know, I don't care if you haven't heard of me. I know that most of the photographers in the city had heard of me and were familiar with what I did. So who cares of someone who isn't? But if you weren't firm in that, you might have gone, huh, maybe she has a point, right? Maybe she has a point. Maybe the fact that, you know, these people haven't heard of me means I'm not doing a good job. Or, you know, they might come and say, look, this is a great opportunity for you to invest. I used to get this all the time. And you look at their audience and, my God, only 10% of them are photographers. So I'm basically throwing away 90% of my advertising when I go there, right? Why not go somewhere where there's 100% of people I know who are looking for what I'm offering? And so as you start building, you can then go deep rather than wide and be more effective with all of your outreach and strategy and marketing and everything you're doing. But in order to do that, you've got to be very clear on who you're talking to, where they are, what their pain points are, what, 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 why they get up in the morning, what, and, and then what value you bring to them and at what point and, uh, you know, what they've tried and failed at. All these things are great to know if you really want to speak to your ideal customer when you know, find them or, or even as you are just creating your content, which we'll talk about next week, hint, hint, 
you can hit these things, which will reach through all the clutter and grab that person who's your ideal client by the tie or neck or blouse and say, hey, I understand you. This is made just for you. But how do you know all these things about this ideal customer? So if you go back to episode four, we talk about identifying your ideal client or customer. And a lot of that is identifying them from a demographic and even a psychographic point of view, knowing a a great profile of who this person is. And that's going to be great for you to start your outreach because it helps you now determine where to look for them and what to say when you reach out to them. But as we will go into in this um, part two, once you've done that, to take it to the next level, because part of what you've done up to this point has been educated guests. You know, I know who these people are. I think I know who they are. I think I know, you know what they want. I think I know where to find them. And you send it out and it resonates with a few and you, you catch a few of them and they come on and they decide to be customers. And you're like, yes, now we are going down the right path. Now, to really lock that in, even more of a laser focus on the second level, what you're going to do is talk to them. So if you really want to get to know your customer and get the insights in a way that will help you not only talk to them, but know where they are to know what they want to know, you know, what the triggers are that will, 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 that they will respond to in your business. You got to go straight to the source. And of course there are four ways you can do that. And you know these, but you want to make sure that you have a, a, a strategic and an intentional plan to do all four. The first one we touched on last week is to survey your existing customers with every every transaction. And we touched on this last week, but it's so important that you give them at every opportunity that they interacted with you a chance to let you know where you've excelled and where you might have disappointed and what specifically they liked about, you know, your services and what you did and where they thought you could be where you could improve. And the thing about this is everybody won't do it and that's fine you will get on average the people who love you the most or who are and and who are most disappointed and ain't nothing wrong with that because those two extremes will give you some feedback in an intensity level um, that really speaks to the things you should be doing and should not be doing so and 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 then one of the things is because one person doesn't like it doesn't mean you have a systemic problem. But as you do it and you start to see a trend, if three or four people have the same problem and the same frustration and the same challenge, then you might have the opportunity to go back and say, okay, am I falling short here? Where can I improve? Or on the flip side, if you if three or four people say, this is great, we need more of this, then you can say, okay, great. When I did my photo tours, when I originally started, I included a free bottle of water with each one because I figured we're out, we're walking around, people are going to get thirsty, I'm going to give them water. And, you know, I spent a lot of money just buying water and giving it away. And at the end of the day, nobody really cared. 
And I figured out nobody cared because in the surveys, nobody ever said anything about it. And, you know, the few times they did, they just, yeah, water was cool, but it wasn't necessary. And so I thought, okay, I'll stop doing water and see what happens. And I stopped doing water and the feedback never changed. So I said, you know what, here we go. This is something we can cut that nobody really seems to care about. So you start to get feedback from your existing customers when you survey with each interaction. Now, in addition to that, now, when you do this survey with each interaction, really, it's no more than three to five questions questions at the most, because no one wants to do a long survey at that point, right? So that you are, you know, what did you like? Where can we improve? You know, what would you add? What would you, what wouldn't you add? That kind of a thing, you know, what do you like most about what happened? Is there something that you would like to see improved? Like, I wouldn't ask ask the question in a way that forces them to go look for something if they don't have anything. So, you know, was there something you'd want to see improved? And then uh, any open, like an open-ended question or comments, anything you want to share about your experience. And then I always add in, would you like to leave a testimonial and can we use your name with it with the testimonial which is great because the people who love you will write the testimonial and say of course you can use my name and now you have a steady stream of those those testimonials which will be that social proof you will need on that website of yours and the other marketing um, the other marketing projects you work on the second thing you'll want is to survey your audience annually. And so you want to do an annual survey, which is one where you set folks up and say, this one will take a little longer. This is going to be maybe 10 minutes at the most. And you see a lot of companies will will, will offer a raffle of some kind. Well, not a raffle, but you know, to any one of you who, who, who fills this out, we're going to give away a free gift to one random you know, person, just something to entice them and to sweeten the pot. But this one helps you really nail down, nail down, because you're going to ask for things, you know, like demographic information about them. You know, what age range are you? Um, what's the highest education level in, in, in your household? Um, income ranges, all these kinds of things now, which will help you when you are now trying to find them when you're doing advertising and trying to go after similar kinds of people, you will have a great profile now based on the kinds of people who are attracted to you so far. So an annual, an annual survey, which gives you sort of that, and then it, it allows you to ask the kinds of questions and probe some issues and topics that you think you would like to know a little bit more about your customer. You know, what kinds of magazines do you read? Um, where do you solve the problem that I solve normally? Like, where do you go online, YouTube, books? So you can get some ideas about their their habits by also um, including that in your annual survey. There was a couple years ago, if you're really into this, there was a book by a, a guy called Ryan Levesque called Ask. And he has just a really detailed and nuanced survey strategy that really doubles as a marketing approach. And if you, and if you sort of get the book and follow through, 
he teaches you how to go from just a, 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 a general survey into going deep and then how to score the responses so that you can get the, the most out of it. Because there's some responses that, for instance, he would say a short comment that talks about something and one that goes four or five paragraphs deep and long aren't graded equally. You know, his thing is if you, if you take the time to write four or five paragraphs in response to a question, this is somebody who really cares passionately, passionately and who thinks it's important. And so he would weight that more because this is a person who is uh, really going deep with you and sharing more information that can be helpful. So little nuances like this, he's, he sprinkles throughout the book. Um, it's a great, it's a great read if you want to do it. I think half of it is his own personal story and then half of it is the strategy. So you can, you know, skip past the personal story. Um, that's what I did anyway. Uh, and get a lot of great insights on surveying in, in as a way to get st- strategic insights and how you might implement them in marketing programs. So that's, so that's first. This is the, the, the survey that you will do with each interaction, which is a short three to five question, um, five star to one star kind of a thing. And then the second is the full survey that you will do. Um, and you send this out once a year to your entire audience base. Um, and then you, and of course you can use a tool like survey monkey or woofu or one of those that will give you data back. I, I, I look for both quantitative information in that and some qualitative numbers so that I can also do some number crunching. You know, I do the one to five things. So this is how, when I did my, my photo tour business, I realized that 4.9, I got 4.9 out of five. And on over 300 responses. And that's because I had that one to five, which gave me an easy numerical calculation. And, uh, a lot, you know, so that gives you also something you know, really useful to use for your marketing. 4.9 out of five out of, you know, four or 500 people. Well, 300, but it kept growing, um, is pretty cool. And, uh, then that became the, the lead on a lot of marketing once I, but I did, but I would not have known that had I not been doing these surveys and keeping that, that calculation running. Now, the third one, the third kind of, the third way to get insights in your customers is to do individual phone calls. Now, th- what I mean is you can, you know, at some point you'll start to, recognize your customers, some of the ones who are your better customers, some of the ones who come occasionally. And you might ask them, look, I just want to pick your brain for about 20 minutes. You can incentivize it if you choose, but I'd like to just pick your brain for about 20 minutes and just, just understand more about you and how we can serve you better. And you'll be surprised. Many of them will say yes. And this gives you an opportunity now to get them on the line and ask a lot of the questions you might have asked in the surveys, but you get to go deeper because you get to ask why. So you like this, why? What problem did that solve? Why? Why is that important? Why? And now you get to probe beyond the surface level. So really some of the, 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 the root causes and the, and the core 
me interests beyond their responses. And that can be gold, let me tell you. Because now you get to get into their mindset and see how they're really thinking about what you do and what what are the real triggers beyond the trigger. Because if you you understand people's wants and uh, uh you know Donald Miller in his in his book where he talked about um the story brand he talks about people who have just an, an outward need and then there's a an inner and inward need i forget the words he used to describe them um and but then there's a sort of a psychological like the three different levels of things they think they need one is the obvious one one is the internal psychological one that might be driving the external one without them knowing it and you can you can get to all those levels if you can probe in a in a phone call and 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 then the the fourth one is a similar approach, but with just a group of people. And these are focus groups. And so this one lets you have a little more breath and also go deep because then you get maybe, you know, 10 people in a room and you, and you have someone facilitate and ask them similar kinds of questions. And you get a, a, a wider breadth of responses from people who also are, are going deep. And these, you might have even received a call from one of these from a research group. There was a while there when I was getting these kinds of calls all the time. And I always go on them because I, I, I like to, to get in there and share because I, one, I want to see how they're doing it. And then two, um, it, it's, it's my way of paying forward or giving back to companies that I think that I've been doing good by me. So a focus group is the fourth way of really getting to know your customer and getting some insights that will help you find them, reach them, market to them better. All right. So the first one is a survey with every interaction. The second was surveying fully with an, an with an annual survey. The third one was an individual phone call that you do randomly. I know some business owners will every week they'll talk to a different customer and spend 20 minutes random calls once a week, one to three customers, because that gives keeps you uh, on the pulse of what people really want. And then fourth is a focus groups. Now, here are 10, now you're wondering, okay, what do I ask them? So here are 10 questions that give you an idea of the kinds of things you want to find out. Number one is, how did you find me? You always want to have, have some version of that on as many opportunities as you can, because you want to know what's working in your marketing channels. Like, so how did you find me? Is so which one of the market, marketing channels worked for you? is what you're really trying to find out. How did you find me? Was it word of mouth? Did you find me online? Did you find me on an ad? Uh, was that I on Facebook? Where, where was it? And these, of course, you want to keep a running total of these so you can get to see over time where the trends are and how people find you. And then what was the most important factor in your deciding to do business with me? And this is important because now it helps you get to the, you know, what's the one trigger that you need to make sure you're always pulling when you're trying to sell to them? Because this is the thing that really matters most. And it's interesting because a lot of times it won't be what you think it is. You'll think you know what the most important um important factor is and then they'll tell you nope it wasn't that nope it wasn't the bottle of water at all you know it was the you know coming and you 
holding my hand and helping me find things on my own camera. Like, oh, okay, cool. But you don't know that until you get to ask. You know, what needs did we address at the time we became a customer and are we still meeting them? So this helps you decide over the long term how you're doing. Again, what was it that was your trigger? And once you've been a customer for a while, that thing might change that they want from you. And, you know, I I found that also that over time, what they need from you changes and evolves and they grow. And either you can grow and graduate them out of being your customer and send them on to the next person because I want to keep focusing on this narrow area. Or you can go, okay, they need this from me and I'll expand my services to include that. But you'll get to know strategically which decision to make and how that fits into your customer's journey by asking. And any, you know, anything that you want us to, you know, start, stop, continue, you know, that was one of the things we always did in our corporate retreat, start, stop, continue. It's a great thing to ask your clients because again, it helps you understand if you're doing something that's not important to them and not giving them enough of something they really, really want. Um, what's the main benefit you receive from our product and service? I think you should understand why you'd want to know that because, you know, a lot of times we look at the feature set when we're talking about our product, but you want to know the benefit because the benefits of what people, that's what people buy. They buy benefit and then open-ended. How can I provide more value to you just to see what they're thinking about? If there what's the one problem that if we solved it would make the biggest difference in your life Another really open-ended one. If you had to choose a competitor, who would it be and why? If you're brave enough to ask that question, you might learn a lot about your other competitors and why people might go to them rather than you and allow you to address and or shore up any perceived shortfalls that you might have relative to them. And then, is there anything you wish to be offered but don't? Of course, you know what that is. Um, And then... If you could wave, oh, the magic wand question. Everyone loves the magic wand question. If you can wave a magic wand and solve any business problem, what would you choose and why? And of course, that takes it away, has nothing to do with you, but it also gives you, lets you get a window into what other things might be keeping them up at night because you might be able to find ways to address those too if not directly through your product, maybe through a partnership with someone else or some sort of a, you know, way to package your product with something else that might be complementary and useful. So these are things that might be helpful for you, again, to, to increase your perceived value if you knew exactly what their major pain points are, okay? So now when you... <clears throat> Use these four ways of asking questions and ask any of these 10 in any variation that would make the most sense to you. You'll find that now you have the kind of clarity and insights that helps you choose the correct marketing strategies so you don't waste your time running after any pitches from someone else who might not understand your business or, you know, which if it's People will, will be pitching you attend events for you to attend and to or to sponsor, and you'll know right away whether or not this one speaks to the right person um, that you want to reach 
and or amplifies the message that is going to be most important for you and your customers. And it helps you focus your resources, whether it's a paid campaign or your precious time, you get to focus that where it's going to give you the biggest bang for the buck and the highest ROI, which, of course, reducing cost and increasing revenues, boy, that's a beautiful thing when you're in business as well. So that's how we can also make sure you can you you find your ideal clients and then really lock down your focus on them so that you make sure that you're really speaking to them. Who are you talking to? You make sure that you're speaking to the right person by going with the their clients that we identified in episode four and digging down with these questions and answers from this episode. And it really gives you clarity so that you are finding and reaching more of your ideal customer. that is it for episode 25 of personal branding with lynn thank you again for hanging out until the end of the podcast i hope i sincerely hope that you got something out of it i'm getting a lot of great feedback from from many of you by email and in social media and online in different places it's always gratifying to hear that you think that this podcast is providing value and helping you out because that's really my mission here I think about the things that I wish I had known when I started out, and I want to make sure that you don't have to worry about making some of the silly mistakes that I made early on. Now, if you listen on on Apple Podcasts, if you go out and do a rating and review for me, boy, that would be awesome as well. An honest rating and a review of the ways we've helped you will also help us to continue to spread the good word and and bring more people along all right so thank you in advance for any of you who decide to do that so again episode 25 is in the books thank you so much you have a great week be productive and go do something wonderful all right take care